0: chapter 1 of principles of geology this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org principles of geology by charles lyell book 1 chapter 1 geology is the science which investigates the successive changes that have taken place in the organic and inorganic kingdoms of nature It inquires into the causes of these changes and the influence which they have exerted in modifying the surface and external structure of our planet. By these researches into the state of the earth and its inhabitants at former periods, we acquire a more perfect knowledge of its present condition and more comprehensive views concerning the laws now governing its animate and inanimate productions. When we study history, we obtain a more profound insight into human nature, by instituting a comparison between the present and former states of society. We trace the long series of events which have gradually led to the actual posture of affairs. And by connecting effects with their causes, we are enabled to classify and retain in the memory a multitude of complicated relations, the various peculiarities of national character, the different degrees of moral and intellectual refinement, and numerous other circumstances which, without historical associations, would be uninteresting or imperfectly understood. As the present condition of nations is the result of many antecedent changes, some extremely remote, and others recent, some gradual, others sudden and violent, so the state of the natural world is the result of a long succession of events. And if we would enlarge our experience of the present economy of nature, we must investigate the effects of her operations in former epochs. We often discover with surprise, on looking back into the chronicles of nations, how the fortune of some battle has influenced the fate of millions of our contemporaries, when it has long been forgotten by the mass of the population. With this remote event, we may find inseparably connected the geographical boundaries of a great state, the language now spoken by the inhabitants, their peculiar manners, laws, and religious opinions. But far more astonishing and unexpected are the connections brought to light, when we carry back our researches into the history of nature the form of a coast the configuration of the interior of a country the existence and extent of lakes valleys and mountains can often be traced to the former prevalence of earthquakes and volcanoes in regions which have long been undisturbed to these remote convulsions the present fertility of some districts the sterile character of others the elevation of land above the sea the climate, and various peculiarities may be distinctly referred. On the other hand, many distinguishing features of the surface may often be ascribed to the operation at a remote era of slow and tranquil causes, to the gradual deposition of sediment in a lake or in the ocean, or to the prolific increase of testacea and corals. To select another example, we find in certain localities subterranean deposits of coal, consisting of vegetable matter formerly drifted into seas and lakes. These seas and lakes have since been filled up. The lands whereon the forests grew have disappeared or changed their form, the rivers and currents which floated the vegetable masses can no longer be traced, and the plants belong to species which for ages have passed away from the surface of our planet. Yet the commercial prosperity and numerical strength of a nation may now be mainly dependent on the local distribution of fuel determined by that ancient state of things. Geology is intimately related to almost all the physical sciences, as history is to the moral. An historian should, if possible, be at once profoundly acquainted with ethics, politics, jurisprudence, the military art, theology, in a word with all branches of knowledge by which any insight into human affairs, or into the moral and intellectual nature of man, can be obtained. It would be no less desirable that a geologist should be well versed in chemistry, natural philosophy, mineralogy, zoology, comparative anatomy, botany, in short, in every science relating to organic and inorganic nature. With these accomplishments, the historian and geologist would rarely fail to draw correct and philosophical conclusions from the various monuments transmitted to them of former occurrences. They would know to what combination of causes analogous effects were referable. They would often be enabled to supply, by inference, information concerning many events unrecorded in the defective archives of former ages. But as such extensive acquisitions are scarcely within the reach of any individual, it is necessary that men who have devoted their lives to different departments should unite their efforts and as the historian receives assistance from the antiquary and from those who have cultivated different branches of moral and political science, so the geologist should avail himself of the aid of many naturalists, and particularly of those who have studied the fossil remains of lost species of animals and plants. The analogy, however, of the monuments consulted in geology and those available in history extends no farther than to one class of historical monuments, those which may be said to be undesignedly commemorative of former events the canoes for example and stone hatchets found in our peat bogs afford an insight into the rude arts and manners of the earliest inhabitants of our island the buried coin fixes the date of the reign of some roman emperor the ancient encampment indicates the districts once occupied by invading armies and the former method of constructing military defences the egyptian mummies throw light on the art of embalming the rites of sepulture or the average stature of the human race in ancient egypt this class of memorials yields to no other in authenticity but it constitutes a small part only of the resources on which the historian relies whereas in geology it forms the only kind of evidence which is at our command for this reason we must not expect to obtain a full and connected account of any series of events beyond the reach of history But the testimony of geological monuments, if frequently imperfect, possesses at least the advantage of being free from all intentional misrepresentation. We may be deceived in the inferences which we draw, in the same manner as we often mistake the nature and import of phenomena observed in the daily course of nature. But our liability to err is confined to the interpretation, and if this be correct, our information is certain." It was long before the distinct nature and legitimate objects of geology were fully recognized, and it was at first confounded with many other branches of inquiry, such as the limits of history, poetry, and mythology were ill-defined in the infancy of civilization. Even in Werner's time, or at the close of the 18th century, geology appears to have been regarded as little other than a subordinate department of mineralogy, and Desmarest included it under the head of Physical Geography. But the most common and serious source of confusion arose from the notion that it was the business of geology to discover the mode in which the earth originated, or, as some imagined, to study the effects of those cosmological causes which were employed by the author of nature to bring this planet out of a nascent and chaotic state into a more perfect and habitable condition. Hutton was the first to endeavor to draw a strong line of demarcation between his favorite science and And cosmogony, for he declared that geology was in no wise concerned with questions as to the origin of things. An attempt will be made in the sequel of this work to demonstrate that geology differs as widely from cosmogony as speculations concerning the mode of the first creation of man differ from history. But before entering more at large on this controverted question, it will be desirable to trace the progress of opinion on this topic from the earliest ages to the commencement of the present century. End of chapter 1